Hello and welcome to another episode of Kohler Commentary and also happy AAPI month. Um, I am so excited because in honor of this month too, I have a great way for some of us to kind of even as Korean Americans be immersed in our culture if we have the opportunity to go to Korea. I don't know if you guys heard um, an episode about a couple of months ago with one of my good friends, Hannah, Enneagram 3, shout out. She's sitting right across from me on the screen again in Korea because within those few months, she has already partnered and started a new business with her new partner in crime for this season. And um, I am all for this mission and I can't wait to hear more about how this came to be, what their hopes are for it, and just hopefully um, bring you guys along for that ride as well. So I welcome today Hannah and Christina, founders of Camp Parang. I'm excited to hear more about that. So welcome guys to the podcast. There is a time difference. So I appreciate that technology is just bringing us together today. Okay, so just to like unpause, if I have listeners that have been very avid fans, um, Hannah, you just moved to Korea in the interim before you go to Japan. Mm-hmm. How has life been there? And then how in that time did you and Christina connect and begin this Camp Hwarang? Yeah, it's only been three months, but honestly, uh, we've absolutely enjoyed, you know, kind of settling in, meeting new people and old friends as well I and mean, connecting with them. But overall, kind of the cultural setting uh, and the immersion setting for our children and my children are half Korean has been quite an interesting experience, both good and bad. But overall, Korea is just an amazing place for young kids to grow grow up in, I think, and a, a very safe place as well. So in that sense, you know, I think I'm able to relax a little bit coming from kind of like central LA area. And food is a lot cheaper and it's a lot, you know, uh, yummier, in my opinion. And we love Korean food, uh, but we definitely miss the community back home uh, in Los Angeles. But Yeah, I mean, Christina and I have been connecting probably well over a year. We've known each other um, back from our days in Bay Area. Uh, We and we also, I think, slightly overlapped at Google slash to write a recommendation for me. Uh, Google does this crazy thing where before they hire someone, yeah, they ask for active employees to give a feedback on, on the person. And so we stayed connected uh, and Christina moved her entire family over to Korea during the pandemic and, you know, just kind of her advice and her guidance and the know-hows starting from like visas to kids' schools, where to live, how to get, you know, apartments and all that. I've been instrumental in kind of getting us settled in here. So being connected with an Enneagram six in Christina, you know, you can trust her. Yeah. And you know, you don't, yeah, you don't need to double check, fact check. You got it in her. Got it. Yeah. She was the living chat GPT before chat GPT for all things, you know, Korea and kids a year ago now. So last summer, I think was when Christina, you know, really brought up this idea of, Hey, I've been looking for a Korean immersion program for her own children based in Korea now, but, she wasn't able to find any that was, you know, sort of suitable for for them, for the age um, and for their language ability. And so just really, that's where it really all began. Christina was looking for something for her own children, couldn't find it, even being an Enneagram 6, you know, all the resources she has, she wasn't able to find one. And so the idea really sprung from there. 
And then, you know, I'm an Enneagram three where I'm just a doer. I'm like, let's do it. You know, like, <laughs> don't think about what is, what not, you know, just let's just do it and see what happens. And so I egged her on, I think, and we were able to kick it off. I will, I will say that I got pregnant unexpectedly. So that's the reason why I couldn't launch last year. And then there's also like a lot of travel restrictions that were still going. And yeah, I mean, Hannah was totally the catalyst. And um, I love how like when you give the story about how we connected, it's like the bullet points. And I'm always about like, this is how I, this is how I felt. <laughs> because like, I was actually like going down a nostalgia or a rabbit hole on Instagram, like the other day. And did you do you remember, we had like a baby shower for Haru at her house? Yes, like five years ago. And I couldn't believe that was five years ago. And I think I remember being like, I like this no nonsense Korean American woman who's 20 something she gives like a leader of the wolf pack vibe that i really appreciate as a fearful six and um i like i was like really shocked that she was like so much younger than me because you know when you're like in your 20 something you know you have like all those insecurities and stuff that weigh you down but she like literally had none of that and not true okay well you hit it well because you want to like have this three image but um (laughs) no but i think as a six we really love people who like show like some kind of support or like an overhang you know like oh like your safe confidence like really spoke to me so um that's how I felt when I met her I completely forgot that I gave her a recommendation (laughs) but it's funny that's how our brain works and then fast forward to today you guys come back together mainly to kind of facilitate in the Korea transition and then you had this idea. Hannah is the one that loves to empower and support in whatever way possible. So then how did it become what it is today? And why did you guys even start this program? And yeah, I mean, I wish Jaden was five is all I can tell you. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll still be here. We'll be waiting for Jaden. Um, so, yeah. There's actually a critical person who's missing from this podcast and that's Hemin. She's our okay. third co-founder and she's like the chief curriculum officer, mom of three. So actually, like, um, you know, last year, she has like messages like we were we were always messaging about summer camp because we're like coming and we're like, there's nothing to do for our kids. We have it on our cacao. And um, I'm just like, I would love to do it. And I have been thinking about it, but I just got pregnant. <laughs> and so um, I was just like, I don't know how I would be doing it. And then boom, Hannah came and she's like such a catalyst, like. She, like, left no stone unturned um, in Seoul, like, already got, like, the best, like, location, like, the best caterer, like, the best, like, uh, museums and, like, places to go to. And I was just like, okay, like, uh, you know, we're doing it. And so, you know, like, I dusted off some, like, you know, strawman, strawman, like, documents that we had, and we just, like, kind of went for it. And it's been awesome it's been really really fun and um to give you a little bit more background so basically as i've said many times i'm a six and so the <laughs> we love hit, the sixes mm-hmm. there's a lot of us out there apparently um <laughs> so when the pandemic hit i was just like batting down the hatches we are going mm-hmm. to target and buy canned food and i just kind of like never left the home i was like so fear struck And it was like crippling, to be honest. And, you know, even my kids were like going to like those pod schools or whatever. But, you know, all these like racial tensions had flared up too, especially against Asian Americans. And I remember just getting really scared because my parents had just moved to like the next town over to be close to us. And during Mm. like the height of, you know, Asian hate, I guess we don't really actually sadly know when the height of that is. 
but um yeah like they like had this like really lewd um thing that was like put on their doorstep that like you know really scared me and their asian american like elderly uh, woman neighbor like got her house broken into the week before so oh. you know me just being a six being like it's totally my fault it's my fault that you know i seem to move mm. up here um i couldn't protect them you know and then um you know i was just going down these spirals and you know probably driving my husband crazy so you know one of the things that actually like helped calm me down was to think back about like the last time that I felt really safe and that was around the time when I was growing up in Korea I was born in Korea um, stayed here until I was four I have a lot of family here and just man like whenever I wanted to just kind of escape from the anxiety spiral I would just think about like oh taking the trip to the Mumbangu you know like the station east store with my grandma or like Honestly, at the age of four, going by myself to buy, um, like, my diabetic grandpa red bean ice cream from Panajong, which is, like, the convenience store, you know? Like, all that stuff, such great memories. And, and, you know, that's, like, the gift of biculturalism. Like, I definitely felt like I didn't have a home in the U.S. Like, people were saying, like, you're not one of us. But then where you kind of have this, like, amazing gift to be like, well, our foot is in both worlds, you know? And, yeah. um our memories and honestly I think Chung extends to like a piece of homeland like my homeland isn't necessarily like Korea or America like when I'm in Korea there's like a million times a day where they're like you're not like really Korean but when I see a Korean American I like feel like a piece of home is mm-hmm. in them and so like that Chung means something I think like very different to um, Korean Americans and so I moved here. I'm crazy because I'm six and I like crave safety. So I like brought my entire brood over. And then I realized like, you know what? Like, this is so strange. There's no programs for, you know, like American kids really who are coming over like during um, the summer school period, even though America has like the biggest concentration of the diaspora. So, you know, that was like two and a half years ago. And, you know, that's when me and my husband were talking about it, whatever. But like I said, I got pregnant and, you know, it was kind of on the back burner. And I really wanted to do it because I'm like, I want to be a place like that home for Mm. the next generation, you know, like because like my grandma, her funeral is like tomorrow in L.A. Um, Like the older generation is gone, like the part of history, that home that we always go to is disintegrating. And there's so many amazing parents who are trying to prop up that like cultural heritage because it's Mm -hmm. so important as, you know, a minority and I wanted Kampanang to be kind of like the the harmony, you know, like the the house that they visit when they're in Korea. Um, and we have a lot of plans to, you know, hopefully expand to more than K through five in the future. But for now, this is a pilot, and that's kind of the heart behind it. And you know, we welcome anyone who's even just not have any heritage and you know really want to learn more about the culture to just come and feel welcomed in Korea as a bicultural, cross cultural child. I love that you can make sure because sometimes there is like this feeling of obligation and duty to do that Mm -hmm. right but when it's more so like you're able to pull that from the joy and like positive experiences of your upbringing and then Mm -hmm. that's how you can bring it 
forth. It's no longer about like just having to do it, but like wanting to do it and wanting to pass down that like experience to your kids. And I feel like that's where a lot of us are today. It's like, where is it where like there's a richness to our culture that we want to share, but we also don't want to force it, right? Like finding that line. And I, I feel like that's what you guys are offering in this time. And so like, would you guys talk more about what does Camp Parang look like in general? Like why would people who come to Korea want to send their kids here and like um, share in that experience? Well, yes, no obligation because I have four young kids and right. you know, everyone's like, why are you doing this? Don't you love yourself? <laughs> and you were pregnant. Yeah, you were pregnant with yeah. the fourth. I'm like, amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, and I'm like, how old is Ellie now? Like six months. She's eight months. Eight and, months. Uh, wow. Oh, so like almost same as Evan. Oh my gosh. Are you yeah. Her second. buddy. Man, what can I say? I mean, like, why? I mean, forget obligation. Like, who's crazy enough to, like, go through the awful, nebulous process that is a visa process to to live in Korea and, mm. you know, kind of, like, resettle here? But, I mean, the those core memories, the nostalgia, the part of my cultural identity that I really, really cherished is really strong. And I think I always tell people BTS is a gateway <laughs> and... Don't get me wrong. I love BTS. I am such a stan since 2017. <laughs> so proud. Um, we're actually trying to get like D-Day tickets as we yes. speak. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like I have kind of noticed that, you know, there's like really interesting things that like, you know, people love pop culture. And I'm like so proud of like, you know, K-pop and the Hayu wave and stuff. But there's also like kind of a fetishization that comes with it that I've noticed. Like, there are people who come, like, wanting a Korean boyfriend because they've seen, like, K-drama. Like, literally, there are groups where some women, like, want to come and, like, get impregnated by a man just to have, like, a half-Korean child or something. You know, there's a lot of this stuff. But, you know, that's, like, for me, I'm, like, if you really want to get interested in the Korean culture, like, man, like, when I, like, go to the weekly curriculum meetings or just, like, honestly, hear Hemin preach, our curriculum director, like, Korea is, like, such a tiny peninsula and we have been independent for so long we have been like the underdog for so long and we have mm-hmm. like really overcome so many obstacles to say like hey like we're a people like you can't steal away our identity mm-hmm. and our culture even though like so many times like through history like people have tried and I don't know I don't know maybe if that's like something that resonates with me as like a member of the diaspora and so when we um drafted our curriculum you know Hemin, she's I gotta brag about her because she's like Harvard undergrad. She has like so many degrees. Came to Korea to become like a scholar at like Seoul National and like all of these like different institutions. And she knows like the history so rich and like deeply. And so honestly, like she can go into like, oh, you want to know like the roots of BTS? Like honestly, like Hwarang. Hwarang yeah. wow. was like an elite group of like these youths back in the Shila dynasty who was kind of like primed to be like the next generation leaders for Korea and they like you know were introduced to the arts like archery you know they were really really um given like the best scholars to study with and uh they were also very fashionable like they actually had groupies following them around I'm like oh my god they're like the BTS of the Sheila dynasty <laughs> um there's just so much amazing history that I think like I myself didn't even know and I think the more and more um I see it I see it in Korea I like teach it to my kids and more they're kind of like hey, like, <clears throat> I'm really proud to be Korean. And also, I'm, like, American. Like, they say that all the time. Like, people ask them all the time, are you Korean or are they American? And when they first came here, they didn't know how to answer that. Mm-hmm. But they're like, I'm both. 
Like, why can't I be both? And I'm like, wow, like at five years old, at seven, eight years old, like you already know how to say that confidently. Like, yeah. that's all I can like hope for, you know, mm-hmm. as a parent of um, a bicultural child. So from all my learnings, um, all the gifts of like the learnings that Hemin, you know, and team has brought um, unearthed, that's just what I hope to give just really as a gift to the next yeah. generation to be proud of who you are. And it's okay that you don't have like a single identity. You don't have right. to. And I love hearing how just like in real time, you there was a need, you wanted it. And I, what I love about sixes is even though, even as you introduce yourself, you go like the fearful six, sure, that's a huge part of sixes that is known. But with the fear comes the like courage to still act out, right? And like act on the things that you have those convictions for. So that's like really encouraging to hear like this passion you have. And like, even with being pregnant with your fourth, like you chose to do that. I'd love to hear Hannah, as the young I'm assuming the youngest of this trio um so like you're my friend you're you're busy like why why hop on to this mission and then be like the go-getter portion that like Christina was saying like finding those partnerships or those things that like really helps this vision come to life yeah give me those bullet points my friend I miss you I love you hi (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, Christina did an awesome, I mean, like wh- her vision, what's inside her head really started yeah. this all. So, and then Hemin really was maybe like the the nutrients of, of, of those ideas, mm. which is amazing. But for me personally, you know, I am also a third culture kid and having lived in different places uh, around the States and, and, you know, different continents or whatever, like that sense of like belonging was always something that, that I wanted and I chased after. And, you know, unfortunately when we were growing up and this is already like 20 years ago, being Korean necessarily wasn't like something that was like praised or like, Oh wow, you're Korean. Um, You know, that's amazing. Like I think Japanese, you know, when I went to international schools, Japanese, you know, people knew, but Korean, they rarely knew either you were Chinese or Japanese. And so that kind of like inner feeling of like, man, like I'm so proud. And, and you know, you've you've met Koreans and Korean Americans or Korean Australians. We're like all very proud to be Korean. It's just like how our, our parents raised us, right? Like very like, you know, no matter where you go, you take your kimchi, you know, like if you don't have kimchi, you make it, you learn how to bring that culture with you wherever you go very proud of, of my Korean heritage, but just wasn't reciprocated. However, now I think we're in a very different stage where like, we're so blessed to be Korean. Like this is the best time to be Korean. I feel like um, wherever you go, wherever you are around the world, you know, it gives you like a global like recognition, like as if you're like BTS's like cousin or like as if, you know, you're Blackpink's sister. Like it, it it's just like very interesting times. And, you know, even in the States now, like for, you know, corporate dinners, it's not uncommon to go to like Korean barbecue and enjoy like Korean barbecue with like a bunch of your Caucasian black and you know Hispanic coworkers. And so when this, you know, idea was kind of discussed with Christina, for me it was two things. One, I want the next generation to be proud of being Korean. Even if they weren't they're not born here or they don't live here in Korea, be proud of being Korean. But being proud doesn't just come from like, hey, I'm I'm like, you know, ethnically Korean, so I'm proud of that. No, like you have to know your culture, right? right? And then decide for yourself, like, is this something that I'm, you know, gonna preach and, you know, pass on to the next generation and then after? Or is it something that I'm not gonna jive well too too much with? You know, like you have to know. And so I think that's where the education piece, you know, comes in with Camp Barang, 
that we are really investing heavily into. We're not simply just borrowing information and idea that's already readily available out in the public, but we're digging deep. Like, why did Sejong make hunger? Like, why? You know, what led him to do that? You know, are you interested in that? And then learn hunger if you're interested in it. That, that'll be your motivation and so on. So that one, that's one reason why I think I was fully on board because personally too, like raising bicultural kids and half Korean kids, there's going to be confusion for them in the future. Like, who am I? Am I American? Am I Korean? Uh, am I Chinese? And so wanted to essentially start something where they can educate themselves about the Korean culture you know, without bias, and then decide for themselves, you know, how much of that Koreanness they want to carry with them uh, in their right. daily lives. And secondly, like, this is the business side of me. I was like, <laughs> dude, there's like a total demand for this, but there's zero supply. Absolutely, it's a market that we can capture. And with the right pieces, which we have, we had the, you know, the visionary, we had the curriculum person, this is going to work. We had, the, like, essentially, we had the product. <laughs> if we think of ourselves a uh, like a tech company, we had the CPO, we had the CEO, we had the CFO. Like, there's nothing stopping us, right? Business um, 101 right now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, from, like, a, you know, like, I guess, market, like, demand, supply, just simple. Like, it was like, this, this is going to work, right? And I've shared in, in the prior podcast that we want to do business as missions. That yes. means that we want to stand up, like, healthy, you know, impactful businesses around the world so that through it, there's like positivity that's being shared. There's like education, there's empowerment, there's impact. So it, it definitely jived well with our vision of that. And so mm. hopped on. And literally, of course, there are days where we're like dealing with things that we would have never imagined that we would deal with or like, you know, no, none of us, you know, come from like sales. So I think that's like one thing that we're like learning a ton, you know, on sales, you know, social media marketing and so on. Yes, there are those days where we're like having to really dive deep and like figure out a solution, you know, or many solutions for those problems. But I mean, overall, this has been a tremendous experience personally for me. You know, the relationship aspect uh, with Christina, like, and Hemin as well, like, we're getting to know each other so deeply, right? And learning better. I feel like we work much better now than like, let's say, like three months ago. Um, mm. And also just learning how to operate a, a business, right? That has values that will not slander, that will not take cheap shots or take shortcuts, right? Like that's, those are the values that we each individually have that we want to operate a, an organization with. And so choosing to do less because we know that that's what aligns with our values and so on, that has been like a tremendous experience that I don't think you can buy with money, to be honest. So just hearing that too it's like right when we think about these camps we also think about like oh sending our kids and then like being on our own as well but like hearing you just pull from your own identity as a third culture kid was really like helpful to hear it's not just about like what you want for your kids but also like what you w would have wanted for yourself and how to equip them so that they can make their own choice right and that's like this parenting world we live in where it's like they can make those choices, but that doesn't mean we can't equip them. And more than us trying to fill in the blanks, it's like right. getting them to these amazing programs that create that information. So coming together, one, I'm curious, like how would a K through fifth grader take away from like, I'm getting excited, right? We're adults. So like we're like, yes, yes. But like, how would a K through fifth grader experience this 
and then beyond that, I want to learn about like more about the business side or the teamwork side that you just touched upon, but kind of speaking to what does the week long program look like if a mom is or a parent is listening, like why would they want to be able to send their kids specifically here? And like the feeling of comfort knowing that this is a place that they would feel yeah, like leaving them, I guess. I might be able to speak to this. I'm not K through five, but I have children in that. You got, yeah. (laughs) And I designed the program together with the team with, you know, them in mind. And I will say, even if when we're in Korea, they hate dogmatic learning. (laughs) They hate going to Hagwon. Like, you know, at first I was like so excited. I was like, oh, there's like all these Hagwons and they like pick you up right in front of a doorstep and they go... But a lot of times it's just rote. It's only one way to do it. Here's like the textbook. You got to like, you know, do it a million ways, which is, you know, fine. That's like one way to learn. And, you know, I'm not um, saying that's bad. But for my kids, like they didn't want to do that after, you know, spending all day at school. And they definitely don't want to do that in the summertime because they're like summer is still a place where I can have like a time when I can have fun. And that's their American side speaking, because in Korea, Mm -hmm. it's a time to like catch up to your studies. So I think um, when I thought about them, it's like, we've been to a lot of museums and a lot of these locations. And, you know, we still, you know, we'll go to some of them. But we like handcrafted like these like locations that only we would have known about, like being in Korea for so long. Korea Tech, for example, like that's one week, which I love because, you know, I've been in the tech industry for so long. And, you know, I like love seeing like all this stuff. And like there's like robot cafes. There's I mean, everything is just so easy. Like I never even carry on paper anymore because like I'm able to just have things work. Um, There's innovation where like. You know, the Hyundai electric car is like outpacing Tesla. Like I've just been learning so much about that here. And how do I like really make that come alive for my kids? You know, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, I can take them to like a science and technology museum or we can incorporate like, hey, do you know that like hunger is actually like an application of STEM? It's like really easy. It's like mix and match. Like it actually like gets your brain to be thinking about like these phonetic sounds in a way that makes it super easy for you and gives like a 98% literacy rate. That's all based on like a very creative way, a very STEM approached way that it was created. And so doing that in learning and then, you know, actually going to see exhibitions and then like trying it out with, you know, like a little like coding kit and seeing, you know, like how we can like connect these letters together and make a phonetic sound. And also like, it's really, really cool to see like some of these things. Korea is just so friendly for kids if you know where to go. And um, like modern day society, like in week four again, like I can go to this like building that's literally a green building that's powered by AI that like reduces energy consumption and has like robots coming and like serving you food. And oh, by the way, it's like the headquarters of one of the largest tech companies in the world. And that's like in Korea and in Pangyo Techno Valley where I live, because this is sort of the Silicon Valley of Korea. So I really, really want to see kids like, you know, just really come alive and be like, oh my gosh, like, Mm -hmm. this is Korea. Like, I can't believe they like figured that out. Like, this is Mm -hmm. so smart. And just to be really proud at the end of the day, just be proud. Like, There's so many things to be proud of. It's, it's not just about, you know, like what you see on an advertisement or whatever, but the language has like so much history. The language is like one of the smartest languages in the world where like a lot of populations are even teaching their kids to learn it because like it's a great way to communicate um you know internationally because it's so simple so Mm -hmm. that's just like a little sneak preview of like um just the thinking behind it and there will be you know opportunities for you know like learning your phonetics and doing some writing stuff like that 
But if the kids are just sort of like, oh, like mom's dragging me to this camp where I'm going to, it's like Kumon, but for Korean, you know? <laughs> right, like, right. You know, then I don't think we're going to get a lot of return visitors. No, I, yeah, I love hearing about the hands on, ex- and it makes sense, right? Why right now, too, like the K through fifth is because, like, as I'm listening to this, it's like you need to have those aha moment capabilities even developed. And so it's like, it's not just like a daycare by, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they're literally getting to discover and learn. And so, like, I see that intention behind it in the initial pilot. Obviously, I'm sure there's right. many more things to come. Oh, and I, I also wanted to say that on Fridays, we give parents an opportunity to come and just sort of share and see like what their kids are kind of learning. And the kids can probably teach their parents a few things or two. Because, you know, parents like some parents are like, hey, like I I want to learn some of this stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there's, an, there's an opportunity for you to come and, uh, you know, like we'll have them like present and, you know, you can be a oh, nurse too. Oh, I love too. that. Yeah, they're teaching the parents. That's awesome. Okay. Wow. Okay. Dang, that's so awesome. Y'all have really thought this through. Um, And yeah, seriously, the fact that there's like very little supply on this is like true. The business side, like this is an amazing opportunity and like a, a great thing for like parents to take advantage of like while they're there there are camps just to like cover me because i'm fear-based i'm sure there are programs (laughs) that are made by like koreans right um right right right. ones and stuff but i will say we're probably the only one that's made by like korean americans from scratch like literally yeah korean americans who made it for other korean american or bicultural cross-cultural or non-heritage kids um right them in mind because Yes, I really don't want this to become like a kumon for Korean. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you guys have the best advisors in your children because they're like bicultural too. And so there's definitely a huge reach. Is there anything specific to Camp Hwarang that you guys would want to share before I kind of ask you mom your teamwork questions? Because this is an Enneagram podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just last things to share, I guess. We have such a great vision and so many more things in sort of our product. I wouldn't call it roadmap yet, Christina, right? It would be more like a product vision map that we have. Um, We are obviously launching with a summer camp program because that was the most needed um, in this time period. And it was perfectly aligned with the summer. However, you know, we are really thinking through ourselves as like a cultural platform Simply put, like an advocate for the South Korean culture to those of Korean descent. And there's a, you know, kind of like a bigger picture to this beyond Kim Hwarang as well, where the government of South Korea is heavily invested in, you know, being highly connected with uh, folks who are of Korean descent around the world. Whether they choose to move back to Korea or remain outside, because our impact is so huge, there's just a lot of you know opportunities to highlight those people, and so we'll see what the future holds. Our kids, uh, you know, will be guinea pigs in in all ways that we do, but yeah, very excited um, for what we kind of become as a brand in the future. Will they will they be in- attending the some of the weeks? I'm excited. Like I want, I want my older kid to attend and like be appreciative because she's right now in that you know, transition period where she's like, what am I doing here? I want to be in America. That's where I belong. But little does she realize that bubble that we, you know, put ourselves in in while we lived in America is really not America itself either. 
no, my our kids will be probably like the most brutal form of feedback because they're like, and no that's filter. the best way, yeah. And that's the best feedback. And um, I will also say that um, we employ and we are paying like local artists and local teachers. Mm. And so I also have like a huge sense of pride that like we're giving back to the economy. Um, that we are really showcasing like a lot of these people have spent their lives. Like honestly, Korea has like so much talent. And, um, you know, there's there's so many avenues that we can, like, help bring them to, like, a stage where other people will, you know, really appreciate them throughout the world. So I'm really, really proud that we're uh, supporting these artists and these scholars and these teachers. So, As a mom listener as well and hearing about, like, the mompreneurship side, and I don't know if you guys know Heming's Enneagram. <laughs> maybe, maybe He's not. He's a three. She's a three. <laughs> oh, so two threes and a six. Okay, getting but things a- done. I'm a functional three in stress, so yeah. we can just assume <laughs> I'm a three. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I think that's like really exciting just to hear is like that dynamic. How has it been working with one another? Hearing Hannah briefly speak about in these months really growing as a team. Yeah, what does that look like as moms and then as successful career women and then like with your identities as Korean Americans coming back to the motherland in your own journeys? threes and sixes you guys are on each other's growth and stress paths which means you guys might resemble each other at different times i know that hannah is married to a six so i'm sure this um partnership with you christina is probably not a surprise in certain ways or it could be a humbling way of realizing but yeah so i I just love to hear about this dynamic and how that works with a lot of functional female boss women in this in this space I will actually say when you sent um, that little like uh, one pager about the uh-huh. stress path, it's a great mirror mm-hmm. to see how I'm driving my co-founders crazy because <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Like uh, arrogantly believe I see all possible scenarios. So, you know, <laughs> messaging everybody until like midnight to be like, do we think about this? Do we think about that? Because I do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like keep busy to avoid feeling anxious like I like literally went over formatting for a document that nobody will see like why but see like this is what like Google like really liked when I was working there but right right in the known world cares <laughs> I did because I was feeling anxious one day um mm. refuse to try something new if failure's a possibility I don't know that I've really seen this like I mean there's definitely things where we've had to like think creatively and I think this is where him and Hannah had balanced me out Mm-hmm. Um, worry about my self-image so you put on a likable persona to establish support and loyalties with others. I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I always apologize at the end of every call yeah. with Hannah. <laughs> and I say thank you for saving my friend, I think, because, okay, like if I really have to like go into my six rabbit hole, I asked Hemin to, because her mom has like an award-winning like children's like facilities, like manager and daycare manager. It's like, Hey, wow. like, I want to interview her. And then I also, like, you know, got all these docs about, like, uh, emergency preparedness, had a script, like, read through it. <laughs> I have a son who has allergies, so, like, I have, like, a specialist to train, um, like, our teachers. And um, the weird thing is, like, when I was, like, reviewing all those docs and creating all those docs, it, like, gave me so much joy. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yay! Like, I have seen all possible scenarios. And, uh, you know, which is, like, a fallacy, but... For me, it's like, I don't think anybody goes through this. And again, this is what's something that like startups and like uh, companies like Google really like because when work there, I'm just like, have you thought about like 
backup plan B, C, and D, especially when we're doing events marketing, because this can go wrong. And here's a backup plan for that. <laughs> or um, when we're trying to do like sales attributions, you know, and it's like, how can you connect like our marketing activities to Salesforce? Oh my gosh, your Salesforce is a mess. Let me like wade through hours of data and like try to like clean it up so that we can actually like have proper attribution. You know, it's like this stuff that is like way too overprepared, but I would like to think that it was like very helpful and, you know, it's stuff that um, I think nobody really thinks about. Um, mm-hmm. That was sort of my strength. And so the double-edged sword is that like I've done a lot of events. I did like some of like the biggest like marketing events at Google with like millions and millions of dollars of budget, with, like thousands of people coming part of a team and all I did was just like let my six fly and it's like let's think mm-hmm. all these things can go wrong let's like plan for this like what if we don't have food okay we'll have this backup um oh what calendar date is it like oh is that the presidential election oh there's gonna be traffic and protesters you know <laughs> so I don't know if um that's gonna be a fruit or not at this camp. I mean let uh, me tell you as a parent knowing that mm-hmm. there is someone thinking of all like the worst this, case dude, like scenarios, she's thinking through like uh, apocalypse uh, right well, and so. like as a parent sending their child that gives me so much peace knowing that there is a leader on your team that will you know just be in that space right because that's hard to be in that space but you're able to go there and then figure out how to get y'all out of there too and then the threes will make sure you do that <laughs> but yeah but like i mean this is like we talk about the apocalypse but we just went through a pandemic climate change right. here today and i was like oh man that first day when the pandemic was declared i was like all right it is go time it is all the things that i've been preparing for for your whole life what's for this moment <laughs> oh my gosh like uh when we were like buying a house i remember i was like asking the builder like um is there a fire safety map and they're like why would we think about that? We haven't had fire here in all these years. I'm like, climate change, hello. And lo and behold, <laughs> you know, of course they updated it. So yeah, mm, I mean, it's wow. a disease. And I think when you work with me, it's probably not great. But I think that partnering with Hemin and Hannah has actually helped me to grow a lot and had a mirror to myself to be like, I really need to stop that and mm-hmm. just trust others. They are like so much more like experienced than I am in so many different ways and stopping so reactive and you know mm. trying to like build community which is supposed to be like sort of the best it's like one of the best parts of me i think is to like oh there's the apocalypse we're going to get out together and then we're going to form a tribe and then we're going to stick to it <laughs> to the end i think is like my my health growth path. yeah that's like the ultimate place you can get is a healthy three and so you have two <laughs> awesome partners kind of carrying you through that Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Christina, like she said, like she always finishes with like a, a sentiment of like, sorry, and thank you. But as a partner, like when I encourage her not to do that, because, you know, she is appreciated, <laughs> and there is no need to apologize. You know, we're all kind of doing this together and learning together. And I think the wonderful thing about, you know, us three, I guess, entrepreneur or whatever you want to call us, doing this together is, you know, we each have such different and unique experiences in the past. And obviously, you know, we're not partaking in this journey because we have a lot of time. Right. I mean, and Christina, look at me like, you only got two kids. Like, what are you complaining about? You know? (laughs) And so. Untrue. Untrue. Definitely. There is passion. There is Mm -hmm. discipline. And there is like cohesiveness, like a, a mutual respect of what each other is bringing to the table. And, you know, of course, like there are times where like Christina being mindful of like, 
the secondary, the tertiary like impact of an action or like coming up with second, third and fourth alternative solution, I would have never, ever thought it through that way. I would be, I think being a three, it's you execute. And if, if something didn't go according to plan, <laughs> you come up with the solution, then you don't necessarily like plan, I think before. And so those kind of areas, I really, really do appreciate it. And the industry that we are kind of like going after, I think having those all stone, you know, flipped open. Is that the right way you say it? I don't know. Um, I've like, never heard that statement in my I, life, I, I, but, but I understand. It, right? yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. I get you. See, 1.5 right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that is such a massive quality and attribute that yeah. parents and, and coworkers and us as partners, like we really, really do appreciate because we're dealing with not some product, you know, or even like pets, but we're dealing with human beings and children of somebody, right? And mm-hmm. so that I'm really thankful. I think for me, partnering with two amazing people, like, I don't think I have been stressed. Um, I mean, c- you know, compared to like sort of the corporate world stress, like this is, abs- this is nothing. Like we are choosing to do this and this is like definitely a passion thing. Um, but there are areas when it comes to, let's say like finances, right? Like distributing budget to like different areas and so on. You know, I can sense like both Hemin and Christina want to put forward like, the best product for all of our campers and meet their needs. But, you know, as a, I guess, steward of our uh, resources for the company, I have to come in and say, actually, not that I don't want the best product, but I think we have to like kind of prioritize where we want to, you know, go Mm. all in on and some areas that we should be kind of pulling back on and so on. And so in those areas, you know, looking at your chart right now, resisting help from others, you want to be left alone and not be bothered. Maybe like uh, explaining that a little bit, it would be more like being more firmer. Like I can feel myself telling myself be firmer, right? Mm-hmm. Even though that that may not be my initial intention. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just learning through that as well, you know, kind of working with these experts um, and people with like great ideas. How do I help them bring to fruition those ideas without, you know, killing the bank essentially? So. Right. Uh, for me, I, I haven't had too much like stressful moments, unlike Christina. <laughs> maybe maybe she's dealing maybe she's de- dealing with all the stressful things, and I'm just here chilling. No, no, um, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. because it gives me a lot of confidence to hear that. And yeah. you might be the only CEO slash CMO and CFO friendship out there in the world because marketing usually <laughs> never get along with the finance person. They're like, no, no, right. cannot have like gilded pony on stage for you know the marketing <laughs> event where like bts is going to come out with like yes. steamers coming down um but i mean i'm stressed but you know if you think this is stressed you should have seen me at startups in right, right you know like i again like i do have the joy but like i never regret it there are times yeah. when i like really regret it especially after kids because it's like you know, you have these existential crises, like, why am I, like, killing myself, literally, for something mm-hmm. that, like, this one person, I'm, like, optimizing everything for this, like, one person who's probably also a six, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, like, when I'm doing this, and I'm, like, with my friends, and I feel very, like, uh, trusted, and I know them, um, yeah. I, I just, it's been a joy doing this. And, yeah, I've never actually seen this out of me, because whenever, I um, join a company. My like stre- uh, three in stress always comes through, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have to make this promotion. I have to do this." Mm-hmm. But this is just like, no, like we have an amazing and unique mission statement that we crafted together, 
Mm. And um, that has been so grounding. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really been such a joy and such a fruit in this thing. I've never seen this out of me before. Um, so I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's because I'm a three or it's like some kind of, you can psychoanalyze me and <laughs> like later, but like, I am so confident in what we have built together. Like this is like beyond like way over my initial expectation of like what we were going to offer. Like this is absolutely like the best product that I could ever be part of. And so whenever there are you know, like, obviously, like, there's not always going to be, like, positive feedback, and, and there are areas that we need to, like, deal with, you know, when there's, like, a little bit of sense of, like, oh, should we have done it this way, or, like, should we try to make it better by optimizing, you know, for one person or two people, I'm like, no, like, th- this is great, like, this is, our product is good, let's, like, have that confidence as our basis, mm-hmm. and we can tailor to the needs of some of these, you know, students as much as we can, but, like, never, like, put that in jeopardy of, like, the quality of the product that we have built and be proud of that and continue to push forward with that, you know, when we interact with, you know, current and future customers. Um, And so I feel like I'm having to do a lot of like, Christina, like what you have built is like an amazing product. Like, you know, don't double, like, you know, I guess question it. Like, I don't know if it's like an Enneagram thing, but, you know, I feel like I'm very blessed to do that role because engineers, like even till post-college period, of course, when I was younger too, like I never was the the comforter or like the, you know, I was I was always like, what do you mean? I was, you know, like never give compliments, you know, uh-huh. tough love, uh-huh. like, you know, your product sucks, like we can do better, like that. That's the kind of person that I was, and I think it's like two prong. Like one, I, I am growing as well yeah. in, in grace, but two, the product that we have built is absolutely phenomenal. Right. That's that's like you know uncontested. So. Yeah. It's definitely an Enneagram thing and you're definitely in your health. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I mean, even listen, because like I am a previous educator myself, right? And like hearing the Teach for America. Uh huh. Little, uh huh. <laughs> it's all credible here as a mother prior educator I am on board because I do feel like I hear the curriculum side right which is where educators have a heavy focus but that the gap is like the business side the sustainability side right and like the don't get burnt out and become insane side and like Mm -hmm. I hear that working in your partnership and I hear the background of even like like business being your guys's background right and that helps bring this perspective that's not often found in education spaces which makes me really excited for what you guys have to offer um so yeah it's awesome and yeah well we have a great vision where we really really do want to make this available for as many people who want it um mm-hmm. and we understand it's the first pilot year it's a lot of kinks it might be the price point might be high but yeah give us a year we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it podcast. out yeah. Okay, yeah. let's see. Yeah, we can have yearly reflections. <laughs> we can bring on and we can bring on your kids as students, um, mm. you know, prior students, like all these ideas flowing. Can you, you know? psychoanalyze your Enneagram? Because this is something that me and my husband talk about all the time. <laughs> as, long as, we don't, as long as we don't tell them and like speak it over them. Yeah, we can do all the psychoanalyzing. Uh, okay, okay. Um, okay, so, so to conclude this segment, as a mom or a dad or a guardian listening what does it look like to do next steps like I know you guys sometimes give promotional opportunities or knowing what season this might be in or like little things like that any logistical things of like how does that look like for someone listening Hannah you want to give the bullet points 
pitch all day long. Okay, all right. Sounds good. Yeah, so we are very, very thankful that the first three weeks of the five-week pilot uh, summer camp program that we're putting together for the summer is nearly full. Wow. There's like one spots left, I think. Uh, for those three weeks. And so our focus in outreach will be primarily on weeks four and five, which is uh, very full as well. Um, so there's not m- much room. And we intentionally didn't want to, you know, make our pilot like right. a bang. You know, we wanted to use this time to really, you know, get feedback um, and reiterate and adjust. And, you know, in a smaller kind of, you know, group setting, even, even though, I mean, I don't know if you would call that small anymore. Because initially we wanted to do two weeks, but we, uh, after Through two days of five, yeah, yeah, real fast. And so uh-huh. this will be our learning opportunity, you know, really humble, you know, positioning and wanting to um, use the experiences and the interactions with the students for our future programs as well. And mm. so if you are interested in, or someone you know is traveling through Korea this summer in uh, July, month of July, please visit us on our website at campwarang.com or reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to just even engage. We've gotten a lot of engagements actually aside from like, hey, I want to enroll my kid, but more so like, hey, I noticed on your bios that you know all three of you like moved your entire family from North America mm-hmm. to Korea. Like, what was that process? How did you come to that? How was that process? Where do I begin? Like, do your kids like it? These are things that are not available in one kind of like central place, you know, on online. And so if you are considering that, if you're thinking about that with your family, like we're happy to be your resource and give our personal kind of encounters um, and share that stories with you. And so, yeah, let's stay connected. We're also on Instagram doing a lot of cool stuff there. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is weeks, the first three weeks are almost full and that means people actually haven't made their plans for the last half of July, which has a six. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> Two months, three months left. Come on. Um, but I realized that's how most of the normal world yes. works. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a giveaway. There's a giveaway um, for weeks four and five for anybody who is a six and mm-hmm. is planning like way ahead. Okay, I have four questions rapid fire. Just made them up right now. So first one, of the five weeks, what is your favorite? Ready? Three, two, one, go. Two. Week four. <laughs> oh. oh okay. That's hard. You did not ask me one of, this. One of, <laughs> this is my surprise okay. that you're probably unhappy about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll go really fast. I said two. Session two is our taste of Korea. Like, I love food. Ooh, I and, looked at that. Yeah. You know, looking at the curriculum, like, our team just went above and beyond in like explaining the process of fermentation the different colors of the traditional food that we enjoy the kids get to make some of this food you know with like real ingredients that are like vegetated and grown here in korea like it's such an amazing experience and yeah i don't know like i think food is such such a good gateway to introduce a new culture and imprint on that on our children and so yeah that's why i chose to and I chose four because it was actually um, advised, all of our curriculum is advised by experts. So we talk with a product leader at like Line, Naver, Cacao, and Meta. He worked at all those companies. And wow. he gave like such an amazing history. Also, SNU and Harvard grad, there are not one, but two of those people on our team. Wow. Um, and he just gave like such an amazing history about it that blew my mind. So just seeing kind of like, okay, like yes, there are ancient stuff that's really important, but what's Korea now? 
like what's mm-hmm. what's happening right now and what are some of the innovations and the opportunities now for you as a child to get excited about for me as a parent who loves like stem and those applications is something that like i said but it's really hard because i like all of them so I, yeah yeah it's hard <laughs> wait so yeah. f- wait so four is the stem based one yeah korea tech okay. Korea tech tech. Okay, I figured one of you guys would say the tech one. Yeah. <laughs> this one's maybe not as much Camp Parang, but favorite kids cafe in Korea that you take your kids to? Mm. Three, two, one. Bororo Ren. Okay, we couldn't hear it either anyway. I heard Bororo and Champion Pop. Champion Black Belt. Oh, okay. And that then, sounds way Bororo. fancier than Bororo. Okay, I have like a <laughs> no, two-year-old, so we need to go to Bororo land. So Hannah's in the 4.5 to 2 market. I am in now the 8 <laughs> to 5, 2, 3, no, 8 to 6 to 3 and babies. So the champion, um, it's basically like a ma- American gladiator like type of stuff for like kids who are older. So they like literally go up, scale walls, like climb up like a rock mountain type facade or whatever. And you just release them. And then they also, like a separate division, has like a little kids area where you have like a little kitchen and sort of like three-year-olds really like it. So I like the wide variety of age ranges that it serves. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And Bororo kind of sounds like it explains itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess just, yeah, in general, a more Korea question is like, what is something we would want to know about as like people traveling there that's like a hidden gem or something like that? So it could be more speaking to adults as well, or it could be families with kids as well. Because, you know, I'm going there in September. I need some pointers. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Medication list. And- <laughs> I'm sorry, you're interviewing a six, and I'm sick. I love so, it. my mind. Okay, but can you just hear me out? Can you just hear me out? Because... Yes. <laughs> On June 1st, I'm going to be sending out a preparation list for our parents. And they need to know stuff like uh, things that I went through. Dying. Like, you know, uh, acetaminophen, there's a shortage in Korea. So bring your Tylenol. I love okay? this, I, actually. Thank I you. Like I'm go- June 1st, I'm marking my calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these are just for registered campers. But oh. I, will, I will sit here <laughs> in the podcast. If you have gone an hour straight and you're still listening, you deserve this information. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Email me. Yeah, and we'll put aside for you. <laughs> yeah, a set amount of oh, just for you. Yes, um, you know, like uh, epipens. You have to go mm-hmm. to one location in Seoul to get it. Like oh. it's not easily prescribed. They have like different brands for it. Like I went through all that. You know, and because the failing birth rate, you know, like all the major 24-7 like hospitals, there used to be like over seven, and now there's only a handful because the birth rate is plunging. So, you know, knowing like which hospital to go to in like the middle of the night. Don't you feel like that is a hidden gem um, it is. information at 2 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> absolutely. <think> so. Absolutely. <laughs> um, this is why you got to love the sixes, you know? Yeah. I am so still, still thinking like, what do you actually need? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> She's like, you're in Korea. Isn't that all you need? <laughs> um, in general, like I would say for parents or families traveling with young kids, you don't have to bring like, big bulky strollers one it doesn't fit anywhere like you know if you're trying to walk on the street if you have a bulky stroller like you can't pass through people Uh, so if you have a travel stroller I think that's fine but if you have like multi-children so like two to three and it's like just impossible for you to bring that many strollers every department store every big theme parks 
every you know those like sort of organized areas have such an amazing like rental program for strollers oh, for nice. like three dollars like nah, oh really my yeah fancy, yeah for all day rentals, and restaurants so, restaurants uh, Ikishiki, right like all the, yes. all the place settings for kids yes so oh, you don't need don't, it on your own you don't need to like carry around you know like i remember in the states you carry on your own scissors the kid's yeah. spoon like kid's water bottle yeah those are all kind of. oh my gosh we need to learn from korea yeah. and uh can i just say one thing is that yes. if you have two plus kids this is vocabulary word that you should know you will get called egukja a lot <laughs> on the subway <laughs> so if you have multiple children that means a lot of ajumas are going to want to touch your kid and call you a patriot because you are the future <laughs> generation oh. <laughs> so if you get called out on the subway that's what it means if you are bold enough to come here with your children Yeah, I saw like when people would travel, like they were like, yeah, we can just eat as a couple because the restaurant lady, Ajumas, would just like watch the kids because they're like so happy. To, it was like, that's so interesting to see. But yeah, that's good to know, packing wise and prep. Um, and last mm -hmm. question, if you could, because this is my this is my podcast question. If you could describe Camp Parang in a fruit, what would it be? A three, a two, a one. Watermelon. Um, A cum, a persimmon. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay, I will go first. I will go first. <clears throat> Because I learned this in Taste of Korea, is that a persimmon is very much a Korean uh, fruit and mainstay. Because um, if we're a tiny peninsula, we don't farm our own things, but and it and it doesn't really look like a tantalizing fruit. But because like the sugar density is so high, people loved it. So growing mm. up, it was like such a source for like nutrition and sweets. It was like a delicacy. It could be like done in all different ways. And, um, you know, to me, I'm like, that's like Korean. You uh, have to like bite the fruit and you have to really, really see like this flavor profile. First bite into it might be hard until you get to the middle if it's like hard and then it's like really, really sweet. Um, you can see it all over Korea, but you might not have ever tasted it until you really, really just gotta reach up and grab this ugly fruit and eat it. Yeah, and it comes in so many different, you know, ways. Yeah, to... ways to eat it. Mm -hmm. it's so versatile. Please don't cancel me for saying that come <laughs> is ugly. Kampang <laughs> has five different weeks with five different ways to view Korea. Just like you know, mm -hmm. there's yeah. Oh. Just trying to. Mm -hmm. wow. I love the I love the com, so I love that one. Okay, mm -hmm. Hannah, um, finish it off with the subak. Yeah. Not as near complicated <laughs> as that. Summer Korea. All I did, all I remember, summers in Korea is eating subak because it's hot here and AC was not plethora back then and our camp is in the summer and i'm sure we'll have some subak for lunch for some of the students as desserts so oh. that's yeah and it's love it's it juicy it's juicy yeah that's a better answer than what i did because <laughs> it's like you know it's like that is like part of the core memory of like korea is eating subak on your like grandma's like straw mat yeah. it's like that's what they did in ratatouille when like anton ego eats like ratatouille that's and, right and this is gonna become this is gonna be a core memory for those kids so Absolutely. exactly so. just like that yeah well i am so excited for the first week to start thanks guys for making time to just share part of your vision here on color commentary and i will see you guys in two years when Jaden is five and this program is even better than it will be already this summer because there's 
so much to look forward to. Yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of Kohler Commentary. Bye. Bye. Bye.